am I being sexist or ageist by not wanting to listen to a woman who's almost in her 60s talking about she's going to ride dick and that she wants you to come inside her? And I'm like, okay, you know what? Review. I don't, don't want to hear that. Wait, are those, are those actual lyrics? Those are actual lyrics. He's like, let me get on top. I want you to come inside. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, this we'll is the committee podcast. It's your boy A to the C, uh, part tree, uh, as uh, folks in New Orleans will say. Uh, shout out to Fifth Ward, Third Ward, Juvenile, Hot Boys. Y'all know me, I'm the 100% hot boy out here. Uh, kicking it with the committee podcast, as always. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to SB706 Reports. I probably said your name wrong again. Just to change your name back to South Grade 76. It's a lot easier, but you know, still, we shout out to you. You are the creator. You are the uh, the, the sunshine on a cloudy day. Uh, also, shout out to yeah, something's popping. What that is? It sounds like niggas is tap dancing or something. Um, but also, give a special shout out to El Chapa as always, our queen. Um, speaking of queen come through live and direct with uh, the Ox DJ, aka Tribbles, aka uh, the mother of all DJs. Go on ahead and shout everybody out. Yeah, um, so yeah, so it's Tribbles. Make sure you follow me and the Ox DJ on Twitter. Um, shit, just shout out to black people. Shout out black people out here trying to get it. Shout out to everybody uh, making their goals, they lists, getting ready for 2020. So, yeah, just shout out to everybody that's trying to get it right. Like they gotta, they gotta go. They about to go get it next year. So, and as always, the Negro of the hour, the dark bearded, sexual chocolate, Mr. Marcus Sniffle. I'm glad that's a lie. That's a lie. You just call me like the Dark Knight or some shit. <laughs> well, anyway, how's your how's your week's been going, everybody? going pretty good so far like i had to i had to take my kids to the zoo the other day which was pretty interesting so we had a good time though okay well you know what i, I know we got some yeah i got some questions to ask but okay triple how's your week been uh it's it's been busy but i had a i had a pack field day shout out to uh my nephew dj his first birthday party was today so uh hey, shout out to young, young black king out here prospering Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and shout out to my homegirl Nancy. I, I pulled up on her today, so shout out to everybody. Right, having so a, having always... a great, a great, a great week. Uh, we had a great week this week. Hey, that's always a good thing. Uh, so someone on this podcast didn't have as good of a week. Uh, they were kind of forced themselves to listen to a certain album. So I'm going to slide this on over to them, and I will let them tell you about this album. <sighs> All right, so. Last week, we were talking about Billboard's uh, list of women of the decade per year. And we got to the year 2016, and they chose Madonna for their woman of the year that year. And I was questioning why they would do that, because in that same year, uh, Rihanna released Anti and Beyonce released Lemonade. So I was like, there's there's no way that uh, Madonna at her ripe old age of 50-whatever, is putting out music that's better than Beyonce and Rihanna. 
And I just said that. I was like, you know what? No, Madonna didn't make better music. But for some reason, because I think that our podcast would have some sort of credibility, I was like, you know what? Let me not be uninformed. Let me go back, listen to this Madonna album, and really get an understanding of what Billboard was trying to, to do and what their line of thought was. And you know what? I listened to that album. I listened to it three times. And I hate myself for it because that album is not that good. It's not good at all. I, I gave it a shot. I tried to go in it, get go into it with an open mind. It just what what whatever Madonna was selling on that album, I was not buying it. And there was a part of me that was thinking, like, am I being am I being sexist or ageist by not wanting to listen to a woman who's almost in her sixties? talking about she's going to ride dick and that she wants you to come inside her. And I'm like... Okay, you know what? Review I over. I don't want to hear that. Wait, are those, are those actual lyrics? Those are actual lyrics. He's like, let me get on top. I want you to come inside. I'm like, what the fuck? So, and I was thinking, I was like, alright, so if if Madonna was a man, like, who, what man at the age of, you know, pushing 60 could sing about, I want you to worship my body. I want to Get on, I want to make love to you all night and do all these things. I'm like, who could do that right now? And I mean, like, technically, okay, this is 2013, and then this is like late 40s. But Hove did it on uh, Drunken Love. He talked about the curve in his penis. Well, I'm talking about like singers. Oh, okay. Yeah, more specifically, like R&B singers. I, I just couldn't like the the oldest I guess singer that I could is Ronald remember. Isley. Is Ronald Isley telling women to ride his face? Like <laughs> maybe, maybe I think he could get away with it. He probably could get away with it, but he I don't think he's telling women to worship his body. You know what I'm saying? Like he knows what he looks like. We've seen what he looks like. He's you know it is what it is. But my, the thing about the album is like I thought there was some uh, some of the production on it wasn't bad. It was it was kind of good. It's just. I'm not a big Madonna fan, so I don't know what she has been doing her whole career, and I don't know if her voice has gotten worse or if this is just who she is as a vocal artist because it's not there vocally. The lyrics were, I mean, okay, they're 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 all they're all right, but I just didn't feel anything from the album. Like it didn't move me in any kind of way. It just honestly, it made me feel uncomfortable listening to it. It, it felt like. It's like when you go over to, to your friend's house and they have that mom who tries too hard to be cool. You know what I'm saying? That's what it felt like to me. So for for Billboard to say that Madonna's year when she did, when, when she released that album, and I think she did the Super Bowl that year, to put that over what Beyonce did with uh, uh, Lemonade, I mean, we can, you can do a whole entire podcast about the influence, you know, cultural, cultural impact. Uh, songwriting lyrics, uh, vocal performance on that. You can do a whole episode on that. And to put Rebel Heart over that and Anti, which for me is Rihanna's best album and her best uh, vocal performance. I'm just to the point where I'm going to block Billboard on every social media platform. I'm not reading any of their articles. I don't care what award show they have. They've lost all credibility for me. And there's nothing that they can say that is going to change my mind because I will always remember that they decided that this Rebel Heart album was better than Anti and Lemonade. And it's just 
playing wrong. It's not. It's it's just wrong. There's nothing you can say about Madonna's album that Rihanna and and Beyonce did that was better than that. And the fact that Billboard refused to put any black women on that list, but put Madonna on there, and then you look at the features on this album, it's Nas, Chance the Rapper, and Nicki Minaj. Like, we see what you're doing. Like, I, it's what I said last week. They don't want black people on this list. They want people that are doing black music that's close enough, but they aren't black. So let's put Madonna on there because she has black music artists on there. So that's good enough. And it's not. So Billboard. And she got black kids. Don't forget the black I'm, kids. I don't, I don't even want to talk about that. I don't even, I don't even want to get into that. But <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, Billboard does not exist anymore. Like, don't send me any articles about Billboard. Don't send me any interviews. I'm not reading your. I'm not nothing. You, you like that? You have no credibility in my eyes. None whatsoever. All right. So I, I just want to say I got a call from uh, our our main producer. So this just in. This is breaking news. Uh, we're banned from talking about Madonna on this podcast again, unless something drastic happens. Because I am just so disgusted by what I heard. First of all, you're a 60 year old woman. You're you're a grandmother. Yeah, you're talking like you're Nicki Minaj, like you're not Taylor Swift. What's the other little skank that uh that was Miley Cyrus? Oh, that, that's the, this is what it sounded. It did. It sounded like a Miley Cyrus album from that point in her life when she was acting like that, but just worse with worse vocals. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't need to hear any more about Madonna. I mean. Maybe maybe they just felt some sort of sympathy for her putting out a piece of shit album and they just gave her this award in 2016 because of that. But I think we all know, I mean, Anti is probably a classic, honestly. Lemonade is probably a classic, too. Yeah, so you had two, two, classic, two classic R&B-like albums. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they don't want to give our people the award. So uh, I don't know if we need to... I don't even want to say wrap it up because I don't want anybody to think I'm talking about condoms and her fake ass or whatever. But just I don't even know what yeah, black slave babies or anchor babies, whatever you want to call them. Um, so what we'll do, we'll we'll get on something light. Um, one of our favorite topics with this podcast is always uh Hove. Uh, Sean shout out Corey to Carter. Yeah, Sean Cornelius Carter. Uh, had his 50th birthday this past week. December 4th. December 4th, he made a hit song about that on the Black Album. Um, so I'll just pass it over to what do we want to go? Tribbles this time? Reflect on his career? Actually, I have a question. Do you think that at this point, and this, I don't want you to be biased because I know you're a super duper whole thing. Listen, the committee podcast knows I, I will give you the truth about Hove. Okay. Is he the best? Not talking about lyricist or anything like that. As purely and 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 as purely a rap artist. Is he the best of all time? I know we probably went over this before, but just want to as a as a as a rap artist like 
having the lyrics, having the uh, the, the the ability to market themselves well, uh, stage presence, like all that. Like I have to say yes, and this is not this is not me being a Jehovah's Witness, you know, like hey, that's not it. But it's the truth. Like if you can't, you can name aspects of Jay-Z that other people can do better, like by, one by one cases. You know, we, we can have an argument about multiple people being be better uh, lyricists, um, better, be better lyrical people than Jay-Z. But once you put it together as a package, as a rap artist, a lot of people can't package themselves like they, they can do and have his content. You know, we, we joke a lot about his content now, but Jay-Z was a pure nigga when he rapped. He was rapping about cocaine. Like he was literally pushing T in a different, you know, in a more mild mannered way. But I mean, we didn't really start seeing this commercial success until what volume two, like the heart knock life thing was when people was like, Oh, it's this black guy named Jay-Z and he used the any track, you know? So I don't think a lot of artists have that ability and then they're not able to package it and keep it going for so long. Like Jay-Z is still being talked about to this day since since 96 well uh, before 96 but talking about his release date i mean a reasonable doubt like from 96 until now like you always talk about jay-z and a 90 percent of the time it's about the music yeah i think jay-z i told i agree with triples like jay-z is the greatest uh in my opinion he's the greatest rapper ever and he's the most accomplished rapper um if you go through like a checklist of things that you would want from an artist or a rapper, like he checks every box, like he's done everything at a high level. Uh, he has classic albums. He has, in my opinion, a classic uh, collaboration album with uh, Watch the Throne. He had his own label. He signed good to great artists. He's able to rap about street life, drug life, hustler stuff. He was the president uh, of Def Jam. Yeah, I mean, he's done a lot. He's he's, he's gone platinum. He's gone multi-platinum. He's won won Grammys. He's uh he can rap. Uh, he can do club songs. He can do he can do songs for the ladies. He can do he's he's done songs where he's vulnerable. He's worked with every producer that really mattered over the last twenty years. He's worked with every artist that's mattered for the last twenty years. He's probably worked with. Uh, he can write hits for himself. He can write hits for other people. He's been in beast with other rappers and has, you know, he hasn't really, he, I mean, you can go back and forth on the, the, the Jay-Z and Nas thing, like who won that one, but it, there's never been a thing where you, you looked at Jay-Z's beefs and be like, oh yeah, Jay-Z got fucking destroyed. He's, on that he's not a T.I., you know, he's yeah, not a he, T.I. Yeah, there's never been like a cult, like he's not been like knocked out in the first round, you know what I'm saying? Like he's held his own in all these beefs, whether you think he's won them or not. Uh, he can go toe to toe with any rapper. He can seamlessly fit in with you know most R and B singers. Like whatever it is that you need, like you go through his discography and his features, he's got something for everyone. And yeah, it, it's hard for me to argue for anyone else. Like you can like I could probably make an argument that like lyrically, skillfully, like Kendrick Lamar is probably a better rapper than Jay Z. Like in a technical sense, but Jay-Z overall, career-wise, and just accolades and album sales, tours, like, every, if you take everything and, and like, the total package, like, Jay-Z has everything, like, I think Kendrick Lamar can make it there. I think that I, 
I'm trying to think who's another. I think J. Cole. No, I was gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm I was gonna. I'm thinking J. Cole, but honestly, I think it's Drake has a better chance of reaching uh, J. status than J. Cole does, just because of like his album sales and features and the way he's been able to just like kind of be the guy in rap for such a long time and and longevity. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, for me, if, if we're talking about like other younger artists that would be there, uh, if he, to me, J. Cole, if he did continue, he'll never be like a, the most. J. Cole, J. Cole is nowhere near. Like the J. Cole, okay. J. Comparison. Can I speak Jesus Christ? Okay. I'm sorry, I, I, I just realized. No, I just, I just realized what Marcus did. Like I thought we were just trying to big up people that could potentially be a Jay Z one day. Like J. Cole is not. No, nowhere near. Yeah. The trajectory. As a rapper? I'm just Absolutely. talking about as a rapper. J. Cole's probably the hottest rapper in the game. And Sniff, let me tell you something. Sniffles is with the bullshit because he is like, J. Cole sucks because he's on it. He won't never go to another producer. He's only on his same beats. So, no, it's a lot of things that's holding J. Cole back to even start having this the conversation about oh, him oh. being Cole, like J. Cole. As in far as music alone. I live in North Carolina. Cole, We're not going to do this. Okay? I'm, I'm from the Carolinas. So I live in. You say he's what, Marcus? No, I was gonna say J. Cole is holding himself back from being great. He's, he's, he's great he's now. He's anyway. great. He's great in the scope that he wants to be, but he's not. I mean, I was about to say he's not a superstar. That would have been a lie. But he's yeah. not that. He's his superstardom doesn't look like ones of Kendrick's and the Drakes and the Jay Z's and all that. Like it doesn't look like that because he puts himself on this like I don't know whatever he wants to call it. Just, well, just to kind of. Put it in perspective like when we talk about like Kendrick Lamar and like you know albums like Pimple Butterfly and Damn, like those things are like critically acclaimed. People look at and people listen to those albums, like people write dissertations and all these YouTube videos and think pieces. Like, there's a lot of people who like just really appreciate what he's doing. There's a lot of uh layers that you have to dig through to really understand what Kendrick Lamar is rapping about. And then you look on the other side where you have Drake who is the depth there? Not really, but you can't deny his album sales stream. Cole is some like his, his rapping ability and lyrical content is good, but it's not as good as what Kendrick was, is doing. And yeah, he goes platinum without features and by himself, but he's not doing the numbers that that Drake is doing. And then to put that into even more perspective, he's not a but either way, like like Jay Z is able to do what Kendrick is doing and what Drake is doing at the same time. That's what Jay Z's career has been. Where it's okay. So, so what I'm gonna do? Hold, hold your thought. Hold your thought. Sorry, but I had to mute the nigga. So my next question is: as a mogul, right? Just strictly a mogul from a business standpoint, is he the greatest rap mogul of all time as well? I will say. In this in this generation, maybe the span of twenty to twenty five years that this that that little piece of generation, like I think he would be considered. I think just because I know music and know a lot more moguls, it's some people back in the day that'll outdo him. Um, I personally like I put Master P above Jay Z a lot of times. 
um, just because I feel like a lot of times that Jay-Z followed pretty much the blueprint of what Master P was doing. Yeah, Master, he, Ma- Master P laid level. it out and Jay-Z, and Jay-Z just studied the book and did it smarter. You know what I'm saying? Did it his way. Yeah. So, um, so he trumps Master P in my book. Who? He Jay-Z trumps Master P because he took it to another level. I don't think uh master well, P, I, I mean i give him that artist. respect I, I give him that respect because it was the his was the blueprint like you know you can't look at one venture and not see it back in in the early 90s with no limit you know what i'm saying so like i give him the credit for the the, the foundation like okay just, what about p diddy he's been cooking longer than master p just because he's a billionaire but I think if you look at the things that Diddy has done, as far as like the artists that he signed, the uh, the like he's gone, he's he signed like Biggie Smalls, Lil Kim, um, Lil C, stuff like that. And then on the other side, he's getting he's giving you uh, Faith Evans, uh, Mary J. Blige, and other R and B acts. Uh, he went into the reality TV show game. He's a really good good businessman. He uh, what he has like Ciroc and uh, Sean John and all these other things. I just think. If Sean John, or not Sean John, if Diddy was as good of an artist as Jay-Z was, because Jay-Z has kind of had to carry the load when it comes to uh, signing artists for a while. Like, at the beginning, it was like Jay-Z had, like, Myth Bleak and the Young Gunners, and they weren't, they they weren't, he'd never, he'd never really had an artist as good as what Diddy had until, like, Kanye West. And even then, he wasn't, and even then, he didn't even really want Kanye West. Like, that was more of a Dame Dash thing. Okay, so hold on, Tribbles. What, what's your point on that? What? Why are you? Why are you? Uh, what, I, I could because I, I think we like to erase history, but things happen. Like to say that he didn't have a, a a notable, I guess, act when like people give Memphis Bleak shit like he don't rap, but like he was a platinum selling rapper. Like he was around platinum Whoa, selling rappers. Were they? The nigga was platinum because of the features of Jay Z and such. It, it does Nothing not, good. but it does not matter. That doesn't matter. Numbers don't lie. It don't matter. It doesn't Numbers matter. Can be misconstrued though. Yes, today, but back then they went fucking expeditiously. Like, yeah. It, it I mean, definitely it, can be. I think it speaks more to Jay Z that Memphis Bleak was able to go platinum as a as a solo artist. But my thing is like the artists that Diddy did sign, like, but they Lil they're fucked now. Smalls, where were, where are the were, artists? If this is how you know who's the better mogul. Ask where where is Diddy's roster at, and then where is, is Jay Z's roster at? Yes, both of them have some people that are in drugs and jail, but majority of the people that Jay Z put on, they are in higher positions, work you know, doing something else within his own within his own. Who are these people every single, every single, excuse me. Who are these people besides Kanye? Everybody else is. No, you have Kanye, Memphis, Um, you said have their own label. Jay Cole does. He's under rock. Well, I wasn't really talking label. I was just really talking like working within his enterprises. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Just like as I mean, just like on the music side, whether it's with uh, Puma, uh, you know, all of his different ventures that he has, like those people are spread amongst that that were working with it on the on the music side. But if you look on Diddy's side, that ain't necessarily the case. Diddy doesn't have the best track record. Are you a great mogul if your people are not eating to this day? These people saw millions and millions of dollars, and now, you know, some of those people, we we can have our arguments and discussions about that. But, like, as a majority, as a whole, like, some of these people should be better off. Some of these, some of these decisions shouldn't be, la- like, 
Faith Evans being on Love and Hip Hop, that great music she made, and now on Mondays I can pop and, and watch her uh, act the ass on TV with Stevie J. That's what a mogul is going to get me? Like, fucking with the best mogul in the, in the entertainment industry? Well, that hold you, on. You, can't, you can't hold him accountable for what she's chosen to do with her career, though, just being honest. We know Diddy signed bad contracts. Let's not. Let's. I mean, yeah, everybody has though, right? There, there, I mean, always, there is. Always but that's his. But that's his. That's his staple. Like that's his thing. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say other rumors because I'm trying to get in the industry. But other moguls have their staple thing too. Yeah, and, that's his. He, that's his staple thing. Okay. Does anybody have a vote for Dr. Dre as a mogul? No. No. I was gonna say if you're if you're gonna go off of like what Trump not top one, like number one, no. If not Dr. Dre. Off. I mean, he has multiple diamond selling artists under his belt. Probably has uh two classic albums, discovered Snoop Dogg, longevity in the career, one of the top producers of all time. Even though he didn't write his own raps, like I said, he, he has a great track record when it comes to releasing albums outside of detox. I don't even know if that ever came out or not. That's why he doesn't win right there. Boom. Beats by Dre made him a billionaire. Beats by Dre made him a billionaire. You're not showing no love to Dr. Dre, NWA, The Chronic. You're saying like top one. I'm talking about, yeah, the top one. If if we're talking about like a top 10 list, then yes, these people, I would definitely put them up there. But what are you saying? The, The number one? The number and I and I preference Jay Z as the number one in the last twenty five years. If we're talking about all time, I mean, we can keep going. Like Barry Gordy would probably be my favorite mogul. All time. Oh yeah, I, I give you Barry Gordy slightly. And, and speaking of Barry Gordy, kind of just trying to tie some of this up. The next thing that we will talk about, speaking of speaking of moguls, speaking of uh, influential people in the game in life. Uh, Marcus had a couple of things he wanted to say about uh, Quincy, Quincy Jones. What you got well, for us? It, it wasn't – well, I know uh, South Breeze, he wanted to do like uh, – I think he wants to do an entire episode on uh, Quincy Jones and his career and like legacy, impact, all that stuff. And I, I recently watched his uh, um, biography documentary on Netflix. Uh, it was – it was pretty interesting. There were some things about his career that I didn't that I didn't know, and there was a lot of things that I learned about him. And he's had a very interesting life and career in the in the industry. And um, his documentary was about, I think it was about two and a half hours long. If I if I'm remembering, I know it wasn't longer than that, but it might have been like two to two and a half hours long. And he's been he's eighty two years old. You know, and he's pretty much been working in the industry for like over 50 years. And they were able to sum up his entire career for the most part in two and a half hours of like, you know, lost footage, you know, pictures, interviews, things like that. And, you know, I was like, wow, that's it's crazy that they're able to just sum up his entire, you know, 50 plus year career into a you know two and a half hour long documentary. And then I saw, like, on the, on the timeline, I saw something come down, and they were saying that Apple TV, they're doing a documentary on Billie Eilish, who is a, uh, a singer who's, you know, Grammy-nominated, has uh, sold a lot of records, and I like her music. I think she makes pretty good music. She makes that demon and, music. And yeah, I can hear that. I, I've heard some of that, too. Um, but my thing was, it's like, all right, so Billie Eilish is 17 years old, She's only made one album. 
and now she's getting a documentary and I'm just kind of confused. Like, is it a thing where we're just starting to do money grabs with these documentaries? Cause I watched Travis Scott's documentary. He's been in the industry a little bit longer than, you know, someone like Billie Eilish. He has, I think what, three, three albums, three solo albums. He did one with the uh, uh, Quavo. He has two mixtapes. Um, He's worked with like Kanye West and other uh, big name artists, so he's been in the industry like pro- he's he's been in the industry less than ten years, and he got a documentary on Netflix, and I watched that documentary and I was just like, "There's, there's not much there, like they he's he hasn't accomplished a lot of things, and he he hasn't lived enough life for it to warrant a documentary, in my opinion." So I'm I'm starting to wonder like. All right, so if Travis Scott's documentary isn't interesting and he's been in the music music industry for, you know, over five years and has multiple albums, how is this Billie Eilish documentary going to be? Because she's been in the industry way less and has one album. Like, I don't know how these things are getting greenlit. Like, are, are these just money grabs or do we actually... Oh, we, is I, the value of a documentary going down because everybody seems to be getting one? Well, I think you have to look at it from two different perspectives. I think from a label side to the money grab question, yes. <laughs> Anything, any way I can get people these ad dollars, like anywhere I can find a way to make people pay attention and throw some ads up there and you subscribe to something, I make money. Like, I want you to do it. But I think from an artist level and just the positive side from the record label, you know, once you look at the money grab, is that we're in an age now, we feel like, as consumers, we connect with these artists through social media, through, um, you know, Instagram videos, them going live. Um, we just saw the baby do, you know, he couldn't make a, a flight. So he did like a FaceTime fucking concert for yeah, a few minutes. Think, you know, true. things like that where people feel like, hey, I really know these people. So um, I think we actually did a, a episode on community podcast when the City Girls did their documentary, which turned out to be like a 35, 40 minute little snippet of their lives. And but at the same time, it's like a way for the labels to have you buy into these people. Like, like we look at the Billy girl, she only has one album. This may be a documentary of how she made it. Where has life gone from when she, when she first got into the industry to now being a Grammy nominated thing. Like I think as consumers, a lot of us want to be a part of that journey. And also the thing you have to look at too, a lot of artists, we can't really say they're going to make it. 25 years worth of music to put in a documentary you know so it's like some of these people you know no shade to the city girls like i don't know if the city girls gonna really be here making music in like this 25 years from now so we may need to get this documentary you know maybe you may need to get the documentary a year in versus year 25 because year 25 may not come and by the time they do that documentary 25 years later ain't nobody checking for it so I just think it's it's yes, some people are definitely grabbing for money, but I think also it's a it's another way for the fans and the artists to kind of meet each other in a different medium, basically. But is it isn't it fair to ask that if you get I guess I understand the idea of like, all right, you know, if I'm the City Girls and I understand that my music might not be timeless, it's for this time. I understand the idea of like, all right, well, we need to, you know, get as much money out of this time right now as we can. So let's put out as much content as we can and push that stuff out there. 
But I guess when I look at documentaries, I feel like we should be documenting things that are important and things that actually mattered. And I'm not saying that like Billie Eilish and the City Girls and Travis Scott don't matter because they do matter. They matter right now. But I just want like these, I want, I want documentaries on artists that have done stuff that have put in the time. Like, I feel like you have to earn a documentary and I don't think can see, like I think I'm the Billie complete Eilish opposite Eilish. because a documentary, like whether you watch a Billie Eilish doc- documentary and get something out of it versus me watching it and I'm thinking the world of it, like th- it did it intended purpose because it didn't reach you. It's fine. Like, it's cool. Like uh, we, I mean, I can't tell you how many music docs I go over because I don't care about the artist. So I don't have any interest into clicking it at, at all. You know, like some people, regardless, regardless of how much Quincy Jones has done in the music industry, some people will sk- skip over it just because, like, who the fuck is this old man? Like, some people yeah. are going to be will- going to be willingly I- ignorant, no matter how good your story is. So I just think, I think yes, you you are correct, and to feel like it's an influx of these things, but I don't honestly think it's a bad thing to document it, even if it's just a bad moment, like this girl got a Grammy-nominated album and she can go on to make shitty albums. It's like, yo, at this one moment, like when she goes and win these Grammys, because she's gonna get a few, when she goes and win these Grammys and then, you know, in the event she falls off or some shit, like niggas can be like, look, she had talent. This is why I was standing her, blah, blah, blah. So she I had just a, think, She had a moment. Right, it's nothing, I don't think it's, I, th- I think that's the problem. Like, we always say live in the moment. But then when we try to document the moment, niggas is like, well, why would you do that? It's like, yo, like, the moment was fucking good. This is a, this is a good time period. Like, I'm going to put together a documentary about my college days. Do you guys care to watch it? No, but I'm pretty sure my friends are going to go fucking bananas because it pertains to them. I just think, like, you probably have an issue with it because a lot of these artists that you're naming, like, you don't care to get inspiration from them because you know of the Quincy Joneses and the Barry Gordys and this, so you know what it looks like. But for somebody that's in their in their uh, parents' basement on their MacBook looking up to rappers and Travis Scott was the first rapper that they met, their life is being changed. So I think it's imperative that those smaller acts start instilling that because, it's, I mean, it's a historical content that you can use. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that is fair because, like, like you're saying, like, in Quincy Jones's day, Quincy Jones couldn't get on Instagram Live and you know show you himself in the in the studio. He couldn't you know document things the way like someone like Travis Scott and Billie Eilish could do. And and I guess to be fair, like I'm I am a Travis Scott fan, and I watched the documentary, and I felt like they tried to make him like his personal life, his up upbringing. They tried to make that interesting, and it just wasn't. There was nothing there, like nothing about his childhood really. Cause you he's know, a suburb, he's a suburban kid. Like he's from yeah, like real birds. Yeah, when they started talking about his family, I'm just like, okay, so you, there's nothing like interesting about you growing up. Why do we keep going back to this? Like the there were moments when they had him like in the studio and he was creating and was listening to stuff, and I was like, give me more of that. Like I I I love watching uh, creative people create things. Like even if it's like I I I wish every artist I, and it I, it's obviously I'm gonna sound like a, a hypocrite and I'm gonna contradict myself like if I could watch a making of documentary of every album that comes out I would watch it because I want to see like what were you thinking of what were you going through what was your mood like uh, how did you get uh, this verse cleared how did you get this sample cleared like what was the inspiration behind these things like I like to watch that stuff and for me. I guess my main issue with the Travis Scott documentary was 
they tried to make Travis Scott's upbringing and his personal life, like with his relationship with the uh, Kylie Jenner, they tried to make that stuff interesting. And that stuff just wasn't interesting at all. The moments of him in the studio listening to music, like the moment when he first, like they, they, they were able to capture the moment when he heard Drake's verse on Sycamore for the first time. I want more of that. That's the stuff that I want to hear. Like the, even the, the, the concert footage, that was fine, but they just kept going back to that. And I'm maybe I'm just weird. I just would prefer to just see like, all right, if you want to, if you want to do a making of a documentary, give me that. I, I'll watch that all day. Like I remember uh, Nicki Minaj, she was supposed to put out something like that. She was supposed to put out a documentary of the making of her queen album and it never came out. I'm like, what the, f-? like, I want to see your creative process. I want to see how you, you know, went through like the writing, the inspiration, like every, like whatever it is that got you to that place to make those songs, to make these albums, to make those uh, videos to the, like why you kept a song, why you cut a song, how you sequence the album, all that stuff. Give me that. Cause that's what I want. I will watch that. Like in, even even if you're an artist who isn't as you know you know technically great like a, a Kendrick Lamar or Kanye West, even if it's like the Migos, I want to see what their creative process is. If they have one, if they don't, then you know whatever. But I will still like to see how it is that they get to the point where like this is what we're gonna put out. I want to see that stuff. Oh yeah, most definitely. I'm. I don't know. I think like we could find different names for them. I think that's my beef with it. Like, we have to stop calling, like, the City Girl shit bothered me because I'm like, this is, I mean, technically it's a documentary, but, like, when you say the City Girls are dropping a documentary, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to get two hours. You know, I'm thinking, like, Quincy Jones, yeah. I'm about to get There's two hours. And it is, like, 30 minutes. So I think if they change the naming of it, I think we will be a little bit more receptive to it. But, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I hear documentary, I expect, it, it's more like I need to see a moment of, like, something being created or a like not a retelling but like a like recalling a certain a certain time or a certain era like and that's why it's like okay i want to see a documentary on the creation of this album like how did this album how was this album born to once it's released if you're going to do a documentary on someone's life you know you can do it on their whole life or you can do you know if if you're I'm trying to think of like if you want to do like Kanye West, you want to do a documentary on his life between, you know, college dropout and uh, graduation. Like you just want to do it within a period of time. And it's just, yeah, I think that we just got to come up with a better word to describe what is going on now. Because when you think documentary, there's a level of weight that comes with that as opposed to what the city girls did. Because that's not a documentary. That's just some dude on the label walking around behind you with a camera. Like, what are we documenting? Like, what what's happening? But for all the good people listening, another good documentary is that um, Teddy Pendergrass documentary. I thought that was very like well put together. It was well, well, I was well informed. Like, I just learned a lot of things. Like, like the rumor about the the tranny thing, rumor and all that. Like him messing with a excuse me a transgendered person. Um, what like is that, that on? Um, I think it's on Stars. But I'm gonna get the name for it for you guys before I'll shout it out at the end of it what the what the um documentary was. But it was very good. It was a very good documentary. I know one thing. They need to give the people the documentary they want to see. Give us Luke 
banned in the USA. To me, that has all the elements <laughs> to be just as good as the NWA. You can talk about the beef between Dr. Dre and Uncle Luke. You can talk about actually being banned in the USA, those wild times uh, throughout Freakniks and whatever else was going on in Miami at the time. Give us the Luke documentary. Um, I do like the concept and the idea of like a, almost like a making of the album type of thing to even if it were to be like something that could be streamed or with the album or somehow sold uh, for some of our favorite favorite artists, like I would definitely, that's something I would pay for. If it's like my favorite artist, I'd like to see what was the yeah. mindset for the songs, uh, you know, the negotiations with the beats, not, not necessarily like the price, but you know, okay, does this artist create the songs without hearing the beats and kind of just mesh them or do they hear the beat and create the song? You know, is is this artist, are they one that can kind of freestyle off the dome a little bit or do they write everything, the, the sequencing process? Just it's so much that from a technicality standpoint, I would like to see about some of our favorite albums. Like I, I would really like to be in depth on Amigos album. Like how do they get, how do they do what they do? And, and how do they get it to sell and their swagger and just everything that, that goes in with the Migos making an album. I, I would like that. Like, how do they sit down? And even do they sit down and talk together about like coming up with different bars and different stuff like that? Because they are so in tune with one another as a group. I think it'd be a sight to see. So um, I definitely understand where y'all are coming from with wanting to get more documentaries uh if it's an older artist definitely biopics and different things like that or just like a hey making an album thing kind of like that once again with moguls diddy making the band you know that was a cool show which is coming back it's coming back oh when is it coming back uh it's coming back next year i think they're filming right now actually Okay, I think it's probably gonna suck, but um, yeah, most definitely. But we're still gonna support it. Well, I'm gonna yeah, support it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some laughs. I'm gonna get some tweets off, so I'm gonna watch it. Well, let me, let me ask y'all this because I was have, I was talking about this with someone a few weeks ago. Um, which artists out of these two do you think would have, like, once their whole career is like done, they're in their, you know. 60s, 70s are not doing anything else anymore as far as music, artistically, all that stuff. Out of these two artists, which one would have the most interesting documentary? Would it be Jay-Z or Kanye West? More, ask the question again, because this is actually a good question. <laughs> which, which artist out of these two, like, I'm talking about, like, this documentary is not going to come out for another... 40 to 50 years like they are done making music they're done creating they're just old men enjoying their great grandkids on some island somewhere not doing anything whose documentary would be more interesting whose whose life and career in a retrospect would be more entertaining to watch and to look back on between jay-z and kanye west that for me well I, i'll get y'all's answers before i say who i said okay so one, this is a great fucking question. Like, great it question. Is, definitely, it is a great question, and I'm so conflicted because it's like in a in a in the best world we can get a Watch the Throne documentary, and then like we could just do both in one movie. But if I had to pick, it's hard to say because I would really love to 
get the end. I, I mean, we hear the stories in the raps, but I would love to hear like play by play from him, from people in the trenches of Jay Z's days. Like, I want to hear that '92 brick story. Like, that story has got to come out sometime. You know, like, so I want to hear about his hustling days. Like, we can kind of see what the the business side, the business aspect, what's really happening. We see it because of how it's playing out. So I don't really want to care to know about that part because I know it's some shicey shit going on too. So I don't really want to fall out of love with him. But with Kanye, it's like. Yeah, I want to hear the beats and all that shit before, but what happened after? I want to watch his life like mother is pronounced dead now. Like, go. I want to watch that part, like, understand that part of Kanye. Um, because I think that's where a lot of people really abandoned him at that point where he was searching. And I think, like, having me lose, like, I lost my mother as well. So, like, kind of knowing what some of those feelings are and then to have, like, a public, like, the public do what you, you know, as a person, like, Maybe I feel like a few people in the family did. Like you got millions of people um, looking at you and scrutinizing you, and then you're going through all these emotions. Like that has to be a lot. So I, I think, I mean, I can't really pick. Like it just, if I, in a perfect world, I would get like the first half Jay Z's drug dealing days and then Kanye's life since like mom has died without that like fake, weird, artsy voice he does. But I want him to be like old Kanye voice. Definitely on my end, I think. It isn't an easy question to ask. My answer. I'm going to tell you my answer. My answer is I would rather hear Kanye West's story. But it's hard because it's things and elements of the Jay-Z um, Rockefeller relationship definitely that I would rather hear. As far as like the hustling days, and I mean, this is just me in particular. I mean, it's not going to be, I don't think Jay-Z was ever like some big time kingpin uh, Big Meech, the real Rick Ross, anything like yeah, that. I, mean, I don't. I, I don't think he was big time. Um, he was making big money. Yeah, but he he wasn't. I mean, big money. Oh, Rick Ross was making a million dollars a day. So big money, or you know, what I'm saying like that was a big story. The nigga couldn't yeah. read. But to me, I would like to hear about the breakup. Uh, shit, what was his name? What was his name? Why, why do I want to say Daz? Yeah, okay. I want to say Daz Dillinger for some weird reason, but yeah. I want to hear the, the breakup with Dame Dash. I want to hear about um, you know how he was able to take Kanye West away from that, and I kind of feel like if you get the Kanye West, you'll get a part of that anyway. Um, I think another thing as far as just being a good movie, the fact that we have so many people um, that are riding for the LBGTQ community. So you kind of get an in-depth look at, at him and his mother's relationship and how she transitioned over to that. So that would sell on that light. Um, you want to hear about just, just different things. I mean, there was rumors that he tried to approach Aaliyah, different relationships things. How did he get Beyonce, the cheating thing, the Solange thing? It, it's, it's not just the bricks that was moved. It's an intricate story that's there that would be like if they really wanted to go in depth. It's a lot of layers there. Um, yeah. I would want to hear how how did you acquire title? You know, I want to hear about this cap situation, the conversations y'all had. How did you broker this NFL deal? So those things I would like to hear. But as far as from Kanye West, I mean, the mother passing. Um, the struggle of, of coming up as a, you know, being raised by one parent only, single parent home in the streets of South Side Chicago, 
And I mean, you know, with Kanye, you know his style. You know he wasn't, you know, in the streets like that. So what type of life did he live before that? I, I like to know that. Um, you'd want to hear about, you know, his pursuit of Kim Kardashian. And then you'd also get the elements of, you know, the Kardashians in general. Um, it, it's a lot. And then you could tie that up with his fallout with Jay-Z. Uh, what were his real uh, intentions with the Trump stuff? It's a lot of things that I would like to hear. Like, so I would definitely go Kanye West with ease, but it is kind of cold. Yeah, I I think my only issue is with the with the Jay Z type documentary. I don't want Jay Z's story to turn to end up what happened to uh, NWA story with their movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's obviously it's you know they needed it to you know sell tickets and to get people to go see it, but it was more of a fluff piece for them. Like they you know, turn some things to make them to put themselves in a more positive light. And they omitted a lot of things that they were, you know, involved in and, and some of the bad things that they did. And I don't, that, that's, that can, I don't like that to happen with like documentaries and biopics. Like I want the truth, you know what I'm saying? I want the good. I want the bad. I want the ugly. I want them to talk to people who don't like you. I want them to talk to people that do like you. I don't want, I don't want you creating your own documentary. You know what I'm saying? I don't want the people making it to be on your payroll to make you look good. And I feel like if anybody was going to do that, it would probably be someone like Jay-Z because he has, you know, an image to kind of uphold being, you know, in all these, you know, businesses and being a billionaire and all that. But for me, I I argued against uh, my friend about this. And I said, I would rather uh, watch a Jay or excuse me. Wow. I'd rather watch a Kanye West documentary just because at the end of the day, Kanye West is the most polarizing artist we've had since like Prince. You know what I'm saying? Like everything that he does and says garners a reaction, whether it be good or bad, every album, fashion choices, shoe choices, uh, relationship choices, uh, production, uh, collaborations, political stuff, mental health stuff. Um, everything that he does becomes a thing to where people cannot stop talking about it. And I feel like he's had a very interesting career and I would like to see it in a retrospect, like in a documentary to re- like, and I, I, for, for, especially for artists like Kanye West, you know, Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, like I really want people to dig deep into their lives and talk to everybody that they can and really get an understanding of who they were and how they did the things that they did and maybe where things went wrong and where things went right and how they caught a break and, and all these other things. And I feel like Kanye West's documentary and his story would be extremely interesting and entertaining to watch, but you also can't, you cannot tell Kanye West's story without Jay-Z. Like Jay-Z is a very important part of, Kanye's career and for me the if I had to make a comparison between like Kanye West and a sports athlete it would be I would compare him to Kobe Bryant and the reason I would compare him to Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant is not afraid to fail like Kobe Bryant will do whatever it takes to win and he has no problem failing like there's this picture that I've seen that I always like to look at is it's Kobe Bryant. It's against the Chicago Bulls. It, it was like, I think it was like eight years ago on Christmas. And it's the last second of the game. There's like five seconds left. And Kobe Bryant's going up for the game-winning shot. 
and as you look, I'll send the picture or I'll tweet it out. I'll, I'll send it to y'all. As he's going up for the shot, there are literally there are four defenders and one other defender coming in to guard him, and he is still shooting the ball. Granted, there, there, there there's only five people that can defend him, and four are defending him, and he is still in that moment rising up to shoot that ball because in his mind he's like, I can do this. Mathematically, that's pretty hard to do when you got four people guarding you. But Kobe Bryant, he's never been afraid to take that shot because he believes that he's the best at what he is doing. So you can put as many people as you want on him. He's still going to take that shot. And that's how I feel about with Kanye West. Like Kanye West will go on this goat, will come out wearing the pink polo and making more conscious music. But he's like, no one's going to do this better than me. And this might not work, but I'm going to do I'm going to be the greatest at what I'm doing. Or he can change it up and come out with like eight ways and heartbreaks. I'm gonna I'm gonna harmonize this whole album. There's not gonna be any hard hitting raps on this. I'm gonna change up my whole style, but no one is gonna be better than me. I don't care what the people think. I know this is great. I can he he can change it up with Jesus. He can come out with Yay and and Jesus is King and all these other like he's changed the style so many times musically because he doesn't care what anybody else says. He doesn't care if he fails or not. And I feel like him and Kobe Bryant are like on the same path with that when it comes to what they're doing. So that's why I think Kanye West would probably be the, the best choice for me. Definitely agreed on that. So with that being said, um, anyone else have any words or anything else before we get ready to wrap this thing up? Yes, actually. So I found the the documentary for Teddy Pendergrass is uh, called If You Don't Know Me. It's streaming oh, wow. through Showtime. So if you have the Showtime app, it's on there. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime Video too, as well. Um, but if not, I mean, I ain't gonna say one, two, three movie it, but it's probably on there. So <laughs> 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 that's not an endorsement, but I I hope you guys go to Showtime. That's where I watched it. I watched it on Showtime, but um, very informative documentary. Well, thank you very much for uh, that information, providing that to of all of our followers. Um, anybody have any other closing shout outs or anything before we wrap everything up? First off, shout out to everybody that ever went to Howard University. Um, that's always. Um, shout out. Oh, wait. we. You know what? We really messed up. I want to forgive everybody that's going to press play on this podcast. Sending my condolences, prayers, blessings to anybody affected to the passing of Juice World. Um, Juice World is, I like to call him emo rappers. I don't think that's his technical genre, but he was an emo-like rapper uh, from Chicago who passed away um, today actually in a hospital from a seizure. So um, most people know he had a big a big song called Lucid Dreams that went really crazy. Uh, I think that was 2018. But RIP to him, uh, peace and blessings to his family. Definitely. Shout out to Juice World, Juice World Forever. Um, I don't have any real shout outs, just um wanna thank everybody that's always been tuning in, uh supporting uh everything that we do, everybody that's been down since uh day one. Definitely appreciate y'all. Uh, if y'all would leave a like or comment, we are back on Apple Podcast. Uh, you can try us out on SoundCloud. Uh, we're all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So definitely check us out. Uh, before I 
get ready to pull it on out. Uh, Marcus, you got anything you want to close with? No, I was actually going to shout out Juice World also. Like, as far as the uh, new age, quote unquote, mumble, mumble rappers that are, you know, coming out or SoundCloud rappers, like, Juice World is definitely one of my favorites. Like, I really liked uh, Goodbye and Good Riddance. I thought it was very well written. And yeah, it's people are struggling out here, man. Like, addiction is real. And, you know, I just, you know, Hope this. Hope this is a uh, someone can take something positive from this. But this this is going to be a hard one for some people. Definitely. And to close that out of uh, this past week, of course, R.I.P. Pimp C, one of the all time greats. Oh yeah, Sweet Jones. R.I.P. Sweet Jones. Yes, sir. And uh, the final thing, of course, is um, Happy Fiftieth Fiftieth Dove. Uh, can't wait to see what you do in the next fifty. We are. Wait, hold on. Speaking of the 50 thing, just real quick. SB reports, and I'm not going to get all the way into this, but this Negro, was he trying to say that Tony Yayo had the best album out of G-Unit? Like, I didn't understand that. If I would have saw that, I would have reported it as spam. So <laughs> nigga out of control. But now I'm gonna go find a tweet so I can report it as spam. No, it ain't even a tweet. He said that to us privately. Oh, like no, no, you need to run it back. I'm like, bruh, that no hunger for more was the best album at the time. It holds up the best through time. It's easily hunger for more if you're taking game and 50 out. Of course, if game and 50 are in, then you got get rich or die trying, followed by the documentary, then hunger for more, then young buck, then yayo, because nobody was fucking with yayo, but. Uh, as always, shout out to you, uh, South Breeze 706 or SB Reports. I don't know shit. What's his name? It's like better. SB Reports or something. I don't know. Archie Archie need to change his name. Oh, he, he, he need a new Twitter. Yeah. Like, he need, need letters, numbers, you know. Like. I'd be confused. Like, I'm like, what is this nigga doing? SB Reports? And are you, what are you doing? Everyone baby? else uses. We use letters. Everyone else has letters, and he's throwing numbers out. Hey, incognito number one is what he is, but we love you, big dog, even though that take that you did was terrible. Anyway, we're the Committee Podcast. Uh, Follow us everywhere, and we'll be back next week. Oh, shit, I ain't pressing in. My bad. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the kidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bringin' Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics As Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.